0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Consider This. I am your host, Mac Johnson, and today we have
1: Jim Johnson.
2: None of you are ready to talk. Uh, Okay,
0: we have Jim. You're supposed to like introduce us. I'm
2: turning off my phone. I
0: I was waiting for you to say something. We have Jim here in the studio and Drew Moss. Mm Hi. Hi. Okay. Drew And Ryan Vincent. He's clearing his
2: throat. That's I'm very clear- <laughs>
0: confused about this
1: process right now. We've okay. only done this 80 times. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what do I do with my hands?
0: Okay. <laughs> so today's topic, we are going to be talking about the theology of Christian symbols. And I thought it was interesting when we were talking about this topic and actually last night when you guys were sending some group me texts. I think this is a... A category of thinking that we probably haven't spent enough time in i would say i think um it seems to be sort of at the edge of our expertise Mm -hmm. was that fair i think a lot of us when we're thinking about christian symbols we kind of have um we probably have like a five minute answer so this podcast will actually be a good way for us to kind of challenge each other each other to think a little bit more diligently about what we mean when we talk about christian symbols Mm. because i think it sits kind of underneath a lot of what we do, sure. mm-hmm. and so because it's it's almost like how saturated our language is with metaphor, you just forget that we're actually talking in cloaked language, and we all assume, we all know, so I hope this is really helpful. Um, so Jim, I'm going to start with you, and what are we talking about, and what do we mean when we say Christian symbols?
3: Yeah, you know, it's <clears throat> what's, what's closely associated with this, whenever I hear this talk, topic brought up, and especially how we aren't really good at talking about this, it's a little bit of our Christian tradition. Um, we come from a tradition that has decided to, in many ways, strip away a lot of the liturgical, um, maybe not images, but there's a little bit. Let's go back to the book of Acts. Let's have more of this plain mm-hmm. uh, brown bag version of, uh, of church in terms of how it looks. Let's just kind of get back down to the grassroots. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, um, we, we, I don't know if we know exactly what that means. Yeah. Because so much of our uh, the the Jewish heritage of our faith is so symbolic. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many images and so many um, symbols that are used in their form of worship, and that is so different than what we're used to. Um, one of my favorite preachers ever, Fred Craddock, says we are about as liturgical as corn on the cob, and that you know that's kind of his joke about it, and and that is just so true. So even though we may have come from, most likely, many of us come from a tradition that's maybe a little more. Um, saturated with symbols and uh, liturgical items of worship, whether that be a communion table or a specific pulpit. If you think about it, we've really kind of stripped away a lot of those symbols. So we're, we're talking about a number of different things in regards to how this works, and we're coming from just a, a foundation or a movement that has never really appreciated these because mm-hmm. when we kind of look back, this, I'll tell you where this really does fit, and there's lots of reasons why we want to talk about this today, but where it really fits well with us is about to start the book of Acts. Where we're going to be talking about, um, and they ate, uh, the, or they observed the Lord's Supper weekly. Those are symbols, and um, his, whole bapti- or his whole family was baptized. That's a that's that's a that's a symbol. Um, so it's not just a metaphor. There's something else that's happening with that. And so, as we gather together, how do we uh, look back, find the deep, rich faith that comes from the Jewish tradition that was then. Um, somehow changed uh, in the uh, in the first Christians of the of the new Testament that we read about and then how do we even incorporate some of our own imagery uh, some some metaphors and some ideas so what is rich uh, what can we let go of like how how okay is it for us to just leave some symbols behind mm-hmm. um so then you know I, I think there's just lots of ways for us to look at this why do we want to get rid of symbols so what attitude is actually driving that um, to be able to ask some questions um, and then I think ultimately it's like so what do we ultimately lose? When I see people that seem to not care much about symbols, I love to try to find something that they really, really care about and say, Yeah, you know, like I don't think you need bullet at a at an OSU football game. And I really don't think you need to have the waving hands of wheat. I really don't and people get upset. They're like, What do you mean? No, no, that's that's part of us. Those are those are symbols that kind of the, the OSU with the over your you know, if you see me on the video, right? The OSU like those are those are things that we do. Those are symbols that we have that create kind of the culture that create the, the culture. Yeah. So you got to hold. And I'm going, oh, okay. So then there is something. So we recognize it. The white dress at a wedding,
1: mm-hmm.
3: right? So there's so many the unity candle that they try to light, or even when they try to do something without. We got a wedding tonight, and so the the mixing of the sand, like they're trying to create something there, and that is that's beautiful. And so for us to just strip that away, um, for us to just create more of a. Uh, for lack of a better term, more of a marketplace theology that's way more interested in in uh, in, in a consumer culture. Do we then begin to lose some foundational Christian ideas? And uh, that's why I think this topic's really big.
0: Yeah. Ryan, anything you want to add to that?
2: Um. Well, I, I think that it, it's worth noting. You kind of you both kind of hinted at it, but they're just. I think that symbols are in many ways inescapable, and and I wonder how much of our kind of Spartan approach towards symbols is – some of it I think is theologically driven um, out of the the restoration movement. I think some of it is just a symptom of life on the frontier, of (laughs) we just – we have simple – churches out in the country. And so we're not going to have like a decadent style of worship because it just doesn't fit our culture. Yeah, And then the convictions might attach themselves to just natural circumstances after a while. And so when you, it doesn't mean that Vatican City is in and of itself wrong because it's ornate. It's just, thats that that is actually a culture that's built up. And then there's some things that are probably inappropriate about certain things, but sometimes I wonder if we, we think that less is more and it's like, I don't know. It might just be that less was the only option in many ways. Sure. But there's, a, there's symbols everywhere. And I, and I like how you mentioned, you know, we just, we're so saturated and we don't even notice them anymore. Mm-hmm. So one of the ones that we do on Sunday that I don't know that anybody ever even thinks about is shaking hands is a symbol of friendship and fellowship and yeah. welcoming. Yeah. 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 Instead of kind of the standoff. I mean, It goes all the way back to we're friends because we checked each other. We don't have knives in our sleeves. Right. You know, so that's kind of how this stuff works. And then you look at just our, our sanctuary. We have, we have a baptistry. There's lots of symbolism in, where it is, and and what it looks like, and what it contains, and the glass window behind it. There's lots of symbolism there. and so I, I don't would, even, you know, on that, if, if I can just interject this, I mean,
3: we, we were talking about this, getting ready for this podcast, and I had a phone call uh, right in the middle of our worship arts meeting, and so I went out into the sanctuary, and I'm looking at that, and I think I had seen everything, but, you know, I want to challenge you that hear this podcast, when you walk into the sanctuary on Sunday, take a look up and see what the um, the cupola, the cupola, uh, actually the imagery that is there, and obviously that was selected for a reason. Yeah. And then take a look at the stained glass um, at the front of our sanctuary, and and notice all the symbols that yeah. uh, that uh, that are, that are there. I mean, it's a little bit like a – I won't say a Where's Waldo, but there's oh, yeah. there's a there's, number of
1: them. I just went in actually for this. I, I think there's at least seven yeah. in there. And I mean – I think Well, people see, would, there's a symbol. People would I don't go, know if that's yeah, intentional, yeah, yeah, but know. seven. But people will go, oh, yeah, the cross is all in there. No, there's a lot of other little things in there, yeah. which is – the I think the thing that I would kind of um, point out is – it's actually, it's not the, the debate whether we should, wh- with that, that some churches have had throughout time, throughout different parts in history, whether we should have symbols incorporated or worship mm-hmm. or not. Is actually not even an option. Like <laughs> yeah. we, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're yeah. And, and not That's in weird. that you're commanded to have them, but in the sense that they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. The question is how much uh, significance we attach to it and how much meaning we see do yeah. you when when I walk into the church, how often do I ignore the seven different things that are on that Baptist street that are that are telling parts of the gospel story mm-hmm. um, that I don't even pause to think mm-hmm. through, or, or when we're taking the Lord's supper, when we're doing communion, which, which we believe is more than a symbol sure, by the way, sure, yes. but, but is symbolic in a sense. And, and, and how much am I actually allowing the, the depth or the, the beauty or mm-hmm. the meaning of that symbol to really kind of in, invade me a little bit or to mm-hmm. kind of take over during worship.
0: So, yeah. I think you said something really interesting there that really gets to the heart of why we have to use symbols. Because um, you said we can't, they're everywhere. We just worship naturally with symbols. That's because I think by the nature of what a symbol is, we understand God through symbols and metaphors simply because that dimension of reality isn't accessible to us. Yeah. You don't get to interact with the spiritual world in a physical way, yeah. it's just not the way we do things. And yeah. so God literally litters. Our world with symbols. Like mm. the garden itself is a symbol. Yeah. Right? Everything that we see in some sense symbolizes the reality that is, yeah. that is beyond what you can see. And so I think our lack of understanding symbology is why we just struggle through difficult portions, difficult portions of scripture, like any apocalyptic text, we are lost. We have no idea what it means to have seven diadems. We have no idea what it means to suffer for 10 years. We have no I- we don't understand these symbols because we don't really think about them or we're not used to hearing them. But Ryan, tell me I want I want to throw something at you and I want you to kind of take it apart. Um is our use of symbols um something that we can move past or do we af- do we actually have to keep symbols throughout our Christian experience? Can we culturally get over symbols?
2: I don't, I don't know that you can and maintain the integrity of like a full life of worship. Maybe if you wanted to make an argument that um, our life in the faith is purely cerebral perhaps. But I would argue that that's an ill-fated agenda. Um, I, I just think that there's so much about life, knowing and following and loving Jesus that is visceral, that is embodied, enacted, that is visual, that is heard and is spoken and is read. I just, I don't know how to escape symbols in all of the different sensory ways that I interact with, with Jesus or that I devote myself to Jesus or that I worship Jesus. I just, it is, it is one thing. And, and I really do. I, I, I love, love, love worshiping Jesus with my mind through study. It is, it is something that I just, I truly enjoyed that kind of interaction with him. And yet I need to sit in like an aesthetically pleasing space that says something to me about him. I need to see that stained glass. I need to to hear songs that are truly just metaphor after metaphor after metaphor sung over me. I need to sing those myself. And so I would say a faith that has been stripped of all its symbols is just, it, it, at some point it just becomes an anemic faith that is abstract and cerebral alone. And I don't know that that's really what I find in. The saints doing in Scripture or throughout the history of the Church.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, let me let me play off the phrase an- "anemic," because um, you know anemia is this lack of iron that we have in our bodies, and yet a lot of people don't realize they're anemic. They go, Gu- "Guess what? I was at the doctor's office. And I found out I was anemic." You didn't even know, did you? No, I really didn't. Like it's not. I guess I felt a little weak, but I didn't realize what was actually happening. That was that was your normal. Yeah, that had become literally my new normal, and so I mean I'm kind of able to function. Right? I woke up, I went to work. I just felt I don't know. I just felt weaker than I really was. Kind of tired. Yeah. Kind of tired. And you know what what happens is is that there seems to be and it's just such a powerful way. I mean, really symbolically describing what's what goes on when we remove the symbolic elements. Um, those things that matter the most to us, we fight for the symbols. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even what's been happening over the last number of years on the worship wars that exist. The removal of the organ mm-hmm. on the stage um, was actually probably somewhat of a symbolic move, um, the removal of the communion table. Um, You know, in in, in the 80s when that became a popular thing to do, the removal um, of—and then honestly, then we have other ones that get more complicated, the removal of the American flag and the Christian flag from sanctuaries.
2: But how many Um, new churches are—like, there's never any plan to put a baptistry in, like a permanent baptistry in the church? No, we'll just put a pool in the lobby. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, or we'll move—I mean, something even as simple as we'll move the the baptistry to the side— So, you know, I took a class in grad school um, talking about the theology of architecture. And they basically say that if you walk in your sanctuary, look down the center of the aisle and you can see that which is most significant. And so in a Catholic church like we were in not that long ago at Xavier, I mean, you could tell what matters the most. I mean, that that altar is huge Mm -hmm. and I mean the expense that they paid on it. I mean, the fact that there is a bone from a former priest like embedded in the altar, you know, they've got a lot of symbols about that. So you know what matters the most. And traditionally in our churches, you would usually see a communion table, weekly observance of the Lord's Supper, a pulpit right behind that, which is the weekly proclamation of the word, and a baptistry, which is uh, the three things that I would say really kind of have defined us as a movement, um, the Lord's Supper, preaching, and baptism. Yeah. So you can really see it. And now if you go down and look down the middle of most sanctuaries, what do you see? A band. Mm Mm-hmm again just kind of making the observation and a lot of our um, a lot of our understanding even the way that we've actually taken the word worship and it literally instead of worship through song and worship through observance of the Lord's supper and worship through meditating on God's word worship is now synonymous with singing
2: mm-hmm.
3: right yeah. and so it's kind of interesting how all of that has developed and i think the use of symbols or the unintentional unthoughtful way of doing them um becomes a big part of that
0: mm-hmm. so we're, we're talking a lot of, I mean, we're talking a lot in the abstract. So, Drew, what does it look like? Let's break a symbol down that we use in our worship services, and let's try and just put that in real concrete terms, because I think what people can do with symbols is, oh, it can mean whatever you want it to mean, yeah, right? That's yeah. where we yep. go, and there is a hermeneutic of symbols, right? There's a, whatever, we can make up a word for that. So, can you break down either a symbol like that we have in our sanctuary or a part of our worship that we do and kind of put that in concrete terms for our reality and then kind of I would say spiritually, like what does that metaphysically relate to? Yeah,
1: um I mean we, we come back to a couple of times, but it's it's interesting, even in our movement that really did try to break away from tradition and <laughs> liturgy um, a lot the two things that we would not let go of, and that's because we we saw in the book of Acts. And, and it seemed like they were crucial for the church was is these two sacraments of communion or the Lord's Supper yeah, and baptism. Yeah, yeah. And so even in our kind of trying to shed the cultural symbols or whatever, we, we kept these symbols that were, that were kind of embedded in the culture of the first century there. Yeah, and, yeah. and it really is interesting that Jesus did not just say to his disciples, remember me or remember what I did on the cross, he could have done that. He could have said, you know, he could have given them like a line to memorize about how he, <laughs> yeah, about how he had died on the cross. Really good. Or he could have given them a song to sing or he could have, he could have done. But what he did, does is he takes bread and wine and, and he holds it up and he says, this is my body. And, and he breaks it. And, and this is after, by the way, preaching several times about, about eating his flesh and about those kinds yeah, of things. Yeah. And then he takes a drink um, that looks a lot like blood. That literally, it's not just <laughs> not just kind of liquid, just like blood is liquid. He takes something that looks like blood and says, "And this is my blood, poured out." And and literally says, "Do this in remembrance of me. Do this as a way to mm. to remember what I did." And so um, this is where we, you know, we. We lose when we've talked about, when we make communion a time for personal reflection, to think back on the bad yeah. things that I've done this week or to confess or to, to kind of get through those things and or pray a little bit. We miss, you know what I mean, the very tangible things that are supposed to draw us back to not what I've done, but what Jesus has done and that are supposed to kind of um, strengthen my worship yeah. rather yeah. than my feelings of contriteness and strengthen my thanksgiving and gratitude because I get that like hold in my hand these things that say, this is who Christ is. This is what he's done. And then, and then look around at everybody else holding those same elements and see that this is what he created. Mm-hmm. This church, as we each hold a piece of this together, as we each hold this, this, uh, in us, you know, we don't have yeah. the one yep. cup, which yep. is a bummer. I wish we could, but even this fact that we had this little cup with this juice and, 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 Every one of these little cups is coming with with like grape juice in it. That all comes from the same thing. That all you know what I mean? All from the same source, and we're drinking this cup together at the same time. And and you have all in that. The way Sonnybrook does it is we all take together. Yeah. And so you have in that uh, symbols of Christ's flesh and His blood poured out for us. You have in the taking together the symbol of a unity, this one body that has mm-hmm. been formed by that, and all those things. And so. Um, we, we lose when it just becomes something to move through it, when it becomes a personal reflection time. We, we miss on some of the the value of the symbol and what it's speaking to us there. Well, and even in terms of like the, what the Catholics
3: have done, I appreciate their intent. I mean, I love the fact that they're trying to take the Bible literally. You know, the doctrine of transubstantiation is that as the uh, bread and cup are blessed, that they truly do become the body and the blood of Christ. Yeah. So they kind of believe it more. Well, not more. They believe it in a literal, not symbolic sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I can really appreciate that. I can really, I disagree with it, but I can really appreciate where they're trying to come because they actually believe at the table that we commune, not just with one another, but we commune with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is something powerful that yeah. that is able to be at least uh, intentionally maintained in a Catholic church that we just skip over. Mm-hmm. And so when we say, "Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's that important to me," part of it is because we've decided to make it a personal time of reflection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if you ask me to dwell on me, there's not a lot there. If you ask yeah. me to dwell on God, I got a
0: ton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, what I wanted to, what I wanted to talk about now was like how far is too far mm-hmm. with symbols. Um, it, both our use of symbols, do we take our symbols too far if they're Um, if they've become kind of detached from their biblical meaning? Uh, And also, can we go too far in our understanding? So practice and understanding. Can we jump beyond what the symbol is trying to do with our own meditation or practice? Mm -hmm. You
3: know, this is something that the church, uh, unless you've studied some aspects of church history, you may not know about what is known as the iconoclastic controversies. Um, Because in the early few few centuries of the church, they began to use icons, right, Mm -hmm. symbols and uh, uh, images and pictures and pieces of wood from the cross and pieces of Mary's gown when she uh, gave birth to Jesus. They had all all these bones of of saints. And Mm -hmm. so they had all these different things. And they they became almost idols for people, right? Mm -hmm. You can see in a lot of cultures there can be almost this idolatry of the symbol or the act. And so I think that would be taken to the extreme. Yeah. And uh, and God even warns of this in the Old Testament, right? Like, God really warns that um, when you come into this place and you now treat this place not as my presence in which you would respect and revere my word and obey mm-hmm. me, when you think somehow this temple stands kind of on its own apart from my purposes of this place, then you don't understand. I'll take this temple, I'll raise it to the ground. I literally, there be, won't be will be a stone left on another one if you forget, like, how it fits. I get goosebumps thinking about that. I get, um, it just, it 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 reminds us of how it fits into God's plan because it's about him not about the not about the symbols and so there can be a tendency i'm far more nostalgic on a lot of these things i i'm the one that goes back and looks at you know the bear that Matthew held when he was little or the blanket that Mac had when he was little or whatever. And those things become these powerful things. And imagine what it was like if I refused to spend any time with my sons, but I could just sit there and kind of in a nostalgic way, reminisce on what it was like when they were little. And I, um, you'd be like, you're missing the
1: point of this. Yeah. Yeah, That's when, when symbols are meant to remind us or show us, reveal to us Mm -hmm. something about God. Mm -hmm. But when, when, they themselves take the place of or when they themselves become the significance so that I don't, um, I can't fully experience God without that thing mm-hmm. or that I find my, or, or that I find myself adoring that, like you said, adoring the blanket more than the kid <laughs> who the blanket belongs <laughs> yeah. to, it's like um, wow. then, it, then it loses something. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, and this is, you know, why I think God, even though he fills the tabernacle up with imagery in the temple, and he gives commands for all these images on the priest's garment. He also explicitly states that you don't make any graven images yeah, of anything yeah, in yeah. heaven or above that you might worship. And and he's even, uh, you know, most would say he's actually talking about of himself. Like yeah. you don't yeah. make anything that's that symbolizes me that you would worship. Mm-hmm. And there's some today solid. Christian preachers, uh, J.I. Packer is like the first one I think of who who believes that you do not ever make a picture of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. because don't like children's Bibles. Yeah, you don't you don't make a You don't do a, a film with Jesus in it. You don't put a crucifix up in your church, you don't anything crucifix, not a cross. Yeah, not a cross, but with Jesus yes, on the with cross. Jesus so with on Jesus, yeah. Because, you know, he, the, the idea is there is no image, even Jesus on a cross cannot contain all that Jesus is. Yeah. And and you by definition look at it and your your picture of him shrinks. Yeah. Um is, is his kind of idea and 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 God says, yeah. And and that's what whether whether we're saying you should do or not do that. Yeah. The idea behind that command in the Old Testament is we don't shrink God down to something yeah. that I can contain or hold or say, he's in this building, this temple alone, or he's over this mm-hmm. Ark of the Covenant or anything like that and not, nothing else. Anytime you try to put him down into a box that I can carry around with me <laughs> or something, then, then you lose who he is. You've missed know? the point. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, here's a, here's a real, I, I thought about this as I was kind of preparing for this
3: time. Can you take a symbol too far? Um, here's a, here's a great like worldly example where you can just get a deep sense that something is absolutely broken um, in our culture. That's not in a religious context. Say yes to the dress. Yeah, Have you guys ever seen that show? Yeah, dragged reluctantly in front of the television yeah. to watch that show, <laughs> where incredibly spoiled, for the most part, I'm not saying every one of them, yeah. incredibly spoiled people spend all of this time and crazy amounts of money. Obsessing about this dress. And I I literally, whenever I've seen any part of that show, somewhat reluctantly from the back of the room, I'm just thinking, I really feel sorry for the person who's marrying this person. Yeah. Because it's like the obsession about and the attitude about and the almost the argumentative nature over the dress. It's like, I don't think they have any idea what marriage is. Yeah. This literally becomes a show for this person who's been dreaming about what this is going to look like. And I just think, man, I feel sorry for the guy. It it should be, say, I don't know what you would name the show, but feel sorry for the guy who actually (laughs) is married to the person who just said yes to this dress. And so I think that's a great picture, and we can be that way. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not just them. We can be that way when we begin to take too much of of a symbol. The other thing I would say is I remember sitting at a conference one time where a couple of young – I can't remember if they were late high school, early college years – they were talking about what it would, what would, it, what it would be like to, to be united with Christ. And so I'm kind of walking through them. They're just the story of Jesus. How are you united with Jesus? And so they talk about by faith. Okay, well, great. I get that. So by faith. But by faith in what? And we started talking about that. Well, by faith in his death, burial, and resurrection. And then I just asked, can you think of anything that God has called us to be a part of, that God has called us to do, that then helps us connect to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? And they both looked at me, and they went, Baptism. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, when we when we lose sight of some some things, then we yeah. don't get right. We don't we don't get the symbol. Mm-hmm. We can think through theologically and almost deduce a lot of the same things. The the bread and the wine was not Jesus just. Uh, Kind of randomly making up. What's red? Mm-hmm. Okay, wine's yeah. red. Yeah, it's yeah. like no. He ties back into the images of of uh, of Israel at the Passover. Yeah, yeah. And he becomes the behold the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. So you know you think about all these different images and all these different things. I mean these these are rich. They tell our story. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that would be the right way. So mm-hmm.
2: yeah, the answer to taking it too far can't be do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. It, we're not right. we're not yeah. saying that mm-hmm. we need to go to this. You know just. Square white rooms, and we'll all go in there and just kind of oh, I think, sing I think white's
0: songs. a little too symbolic. Yeah, that's see, a pretty heavy, heavy a, symbol. It'd be very <laughs> difficult to, to, it needs to be know. complete. Uh, can't do black either.
3: <laughs> does anybody, does anybody, let me ask you this question. Does anybody feel a little bit weird when we're doing communion and we talk about, okay, and now as we gather around the table, like I've caught myself saying yeah. this. Yeah. And I look down at Sunnybrook, and we have nothing. Yeah. And so yeah. it's a little bit weird. Now as we gather around the front part of this <laughs> cone-shaped stage, <laughs> Yeah, and it's kind of like, ah, something's something's missing. Yeah. Lose something. You lose something. Yeah. yeah. So let's just be honest. Like, yeah. We lose something. I've, I've been rethinking. I don't know if I want a huge wooden pulpit, but- you know, we've been talking about this with the book of Acts and we're going to be changing some of the service order and we're going to be reading from the word. We're kind of going, to go on, man, wouldn't it be cool if we created like some kind of uh, like a stand type thing where we could put this Bible on? I, th- I think it would help our people have some reverence for the word of God.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Traditions all over that? the world are saying,
3: yes, exactly. we've been
2: doing that since the beginning of time. Exactly.
3: I mean, there's something wrong when we become hipsters. Yeah right yeah so you might some of you are going yeah dude you're 50 so you're just old <laughs> okay uh, i'm even willing to admit that, that too it took me a really really long I time to you, figure out how, out how too. dumb i was when i was 25
0: only us protestants could think that when we bring back things that we've had for hundreds of <laughs> years we're being new and innovative yeah well, there's certain just, kinds of protestants
2: Some protestants <laughs> still are pretty liturgical but oh you're my goodness right. ask a Reformed presbyterian if they've ever seen Jesus' face <laughs> no um Only in a heretical moment. Um, You know, there's just something that's so powerful, I think, about, like, I'm I'm not, I'm not like an icon guy, but I am a very visual person. And so, like, we have crosses on the wall in our house and they, they are important for me. They don't in and of themselves have any power, but they, they help direct my mind and my focus in the mornings whenever I'm up for hours by myself before anybody else wakes up. They, they direct my prayer time they 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 keep me focused on what's going on i i think i mean this is this is a you might already think i'm probably weird but this will make you think that yes, even we do. more so yeah yep. um i'm with you but like i'm following i'm tracking I, <laughs> keep but going. like um in my for several years now in like my morning prayer time um i end my prayers with in jesus name and i make the sign of the cross hmm. and to me it's just kind of the centering moment that that reminds me how i'm able to talk to the father mm. it's through what happened on that cross and i'm not trying to be catholic i'm not try- i don't think there's any mystical power yep. in yep. what i'm doing yep. but uh it's funny cuz that's just kind of something personal for me yep. i don't i don't do it here on sunday mornings sure. i just it's just for me but I, I slipped into – it became a bit of a habit, and I did it at dinner once. We oh, were yes. praying with my kids, and yes. Matthew, Matthew said, Dad, why should you poke yourself in the head? <laughs> 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 but it was a really cool moment where I actually got to explain to him. I just told him, like, I'm thinking about the reason that I can talk to God the Father as a father with both respect and a father with both with familiarity and that someone that I can ask. Yeah. Like, I can talk to him like you can talk to me. It's because of what happened on the cross, and I'm just remembering that right now. And it was yeah. like this really interesting little moment for him where it was a teaching moment for him, and for me, it's more of kind of a prayerful, reflective thing that I do in the mornings by myself. And I don't know that, like, I can't say that that's inappropriate. I also can't prescribe it for everybody. No, it's it's just a bit of a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's what we fell in love with when we were over at um, uh,
3: Xavier Catholic Church recently. Uh, when you walk into a service, you do certain things. Um, there's a, like a fount that has some water in it, and you kind of put your hand in that water to remind you of your baptism. Um, uh, I love looking at the kneeling benches that exist so pe- you know, for us to get down on our knees and pray before God. Again, not growing up in that kind of liturgical culture, I just look at that and I go, I think— I think now that I'm more mature in my faith, I think in high school I probably would have went, I don't get why we do this, man. Mm-hmm. But as I've matured in my faith, I'm like, now I know why we do this, yeah. man. So um, it's, it's important for us to, to recognize some of those things. And going back to the cross idea, I think it's pretty interesting. I'm, I'll never forget a guy taught when I was a student at Ozark. He was a professor that was teaching there. And he described, and I thought this was so fascinating, Um, the opening illustration had to do with how do you sell toilet paper? Like how do you explain? Like you can't really – so when toilet paper first was being marketed and they had to have commercials where, okay, we can't really show anybody like what you do with this stuff. And so what we need to do is why why don't we have kittens play with it, right? How do we – and so they're basically thinking how do we – and then he switched into the – so we've taken the cross – And instead of it being like what it really is, which is a symbol of death and a symbol of sacrifice and a symbol of torture, we kind of, and he talked about the cleaning up of our marketing problem with the cross. And now we make them beautiful and we dangle them around our neck. You would probably never, ever see anybody dangling like an electric chair around their neck. If they did, we would think it was kind of gross. Morbid. Morbid. And so he just, he talked about kind of the cleaning up of that. And it was around the same time in the 80s when it became really popular with the seeker-driven church movement to remove. I mean, so not the restoration movement, but the seeker-driven movement. Let's get rid of all the Christian symbols so that non-Christians feel more comfortable in our environment. So let's make it look truly more like a mall, more like a, a, like a theater. A food with, court. a food, Yeah, a, 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 literally, like a, a theater with a food court yeah. um, for people to kind of hear. I remember Bill Hybel saying this, and I appreciate his heart. I think it was ultimately a mistake. Mm-hmm. Let create a crossless room. So create a somewhat of an anemic room where they would still hear a dangerous message. That's what he would say. So he wasn't, I don't think, intentionally like emptying the room of the cross's power. He still talked about the cross and he still preached about the cross and sacrifice. But he kind of did an anemic job mm-hmm. in 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 its in in the room. And it's funny. I mean, at least again, without taking shots at anybody, I, th- I think it's it's good for us to look back and say. What was their findings after spending years of doing ministry together? And what they actually found out was our Christians are anemic. Like that was, the, that was, their, that was their confession is that we are not raising up what we want to raise up, which is fully devoted followers of Jesus yeah. Christ. They described a certain degree of, of anemic, um, uh, anemia that was existing within their own people. And I don't know how much they kind of connected those things. I don't even know if that's a for sure a, a correlation. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying, yeah. so you're telling me that if I have these symbols and if we do them right, then there'll be no anemia? Nope. I, it, I wish it were that simple. It's yeah. not. Um, I just want us to stop and reflect on, are we throwing something out when we decide to remove everything? Because mm-hmm. um, I love preaching with the cross behind me and making reference to it and turning and looking at it. Mm-hmm. So- there is something there about the cross
2: mm-hmm. there's just something about our symbology that makes us it's it's another way for us to be distinct from the world i I don't think we need to look for more ways to blend in I think we <laughs> I think a distinctiveness is nice and healthy and and to create a food court style or movie theater style church is to you're just blurring the lines so much that now i don't even know if your believers can tell the difference between. Yeah, followers of Jesus in the world. I don't know why. Here's, I don't know why with such a uh, scandalous message. um yeah, we're we're point. just really interested in being as appealing as possible. I think we need but to be argument, winsome. But, but the but,
3: argument is the argument is. I mean, to so go back and let's. I'll defend Bill Bill for a second here, okay? And, and the seeker-driven movement. He said, "Listen, since that's the case, why add another barrier? Like sure. that was their thinking." And by the way, I mean, I, I think I believe that. I think I, I probably went through a yeah. decade of, of, of thinking about ministry going, yeah, why would we add a barrier? Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm beginning to, to think like, but that's not the only way to look at it. It's like instead of, instead of looking at that cross on the back or the communion table up front or whatever as a barrier, what if, what if you just change the idea a little bit and say, why believe that somehow by removing that, that you're going to somehow be more invitational? Like yeah. you, you could, there's so many different ways to approach it. So it's not as simple as if we bring the symbols back, then everything will change. No, no, no. We yeah. still need to teach and we do nothing without the spirit, right? Nothing. So if the spirit doesn't move, you can have all the icons and symbols and the proper teaching. If the spirit does not move, nothing happens. But I, I guess I'm going back and saying Jim Johnson is missing it. Like yeah. in, literally like in my heart and in my soul like I'm I'm loving the images. I mean, I'll probably pray different. I have a, I have a friend that every time after he prays comes from a Catholic tradition. Every time he prays, he does the sign of the cross. And I I can tell he's and not not, not he's not embarrassed by it, but I can tell it's a very private thing, but he'll do it in public. Mm-hmm. And every time he does it, I'm just like that was cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like it it's it's like, man, I just I love the fact that he just right there recognized. I have no idea exactly what's kind of going on inside of his mind and in his heart. It just It spoke to me, and I think that that becomes something that we could do on Sunday morning by
2: being intentional. It's this embodied worship. I mean, I I just dare, I I would ask any of you who are maybe on the fence about where we are on this, the next time that you have a quiet moment to pray, do so on your knees and tell me if it's not a a different way to engage with the Spirit, to, to take a posture of submission and, and a posture of one that requires mercy. Because so many times I just realized a couple of years ago, that's why I started doing it, that I was becoming a little too casual about everything. And I wanted to restrict myself with some rituals that would help me focus on the one that I'm trying to commune with. Sure. And for me, the sign of the cross was that, and I do pray on my knees, you know, and again, it's it's, it's a little bit of a not for show. This is kind of the private time with me and the Lord. I'm not against doing it in public, but sometimes I just rather avoid the questions. Um, well, and that's I'll t- a part that's why I love is the
3: fact that when, when it comes to um, the national anthem, I mean, I know there's a lot of debate about how we should respond during a national anthem in America right now, but <laughs> let me just kind of stick with the traditional view. <laughs> and the traditional view is more of a, hey, take your hat off and put your hand on your heart. And it's—I'm not even an American. I know the words to the song, but there's something—I'm grateful for the country that I live in, and so I go through the ritual. And it actually—I think it gives me the appropriate amount of appreciation for what I have, and I—I I like it. Okay, I'm not worshiping the flag at all, but man, there—there there comes a moment where just me being grateful for this land that God has given us—I—I—I I, I think I'm—I'm going I'm to thank Him for it, and God help me to love You far more than it. Those kinds of things become important for us, and so for us to do that in other contexts, I think really does help us to to to, to value and appreciate it.
1: What do you think? You're smiling, Drew. You're, you're, you're jumping on something. Oh, I just love that you, by chance. I know you weren't even mean to, but by chance picked the most controversial <laughs> political um, symbolic gesture in our in
3: our country. Jim right now, talking about it. off and puts it on his chest. <laughs> well, but you know
1: what? But here's what's
3: funny is is that. Honestly, that it just shows you how powerful symbols are. Yeah, no no kidding. Like yeah. it, it does. Mm-hmm. It just kinda lines up perfectly with why it's such a big stinking deal. Yeah. It's yeah. true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um
3: nobody's gonna say anything.
0: We have like two seconds. <laughs> I'm gonna left. say we we've been over time for the past four minutes. And yeah, none of you have said what
2: needs to be said. I never thought we'd make it this far. Guys. I know you didn't. But, well,
0: one of the things you know, one of the things that's
3: actually kind of fun is, and you'll you guys will be seeing this rather, rather, r- rather soon, is you know we've spent some time with the new building campaign and kind of just kind of really rethinking about you know who we are and what helps define us. And for a number of years, um, we've had some kind of version of the Sunnybrook S as kind of our logo, and kind of rethinking everything. And um, th- this definitely being a part of who we are. This idea of uh, remembering our heritage and digging deep into the book of Acts and what is it that defines us. And literally, we're not supermen and women. We're not superheroes. We're followers of the cross. And so you'll probably start seeing a change in our, in our icon, in our logo, so to speak. Um, and it's a cross again. And it's been it's been kind of fun to hear people say you know it's it's kind of neat going back to the cross is kind of the symbol for what Sunnybrook is and so mm-hmm. you will beginning to see the Sunnybrook S somewhat disappear it's now called Vintage yes <sighs> I was wearing a Vintage throwback throwback throwback, throwback. <sighs> throwback Thursdays I think
0: we have to go through one more logo before it becomes Vintage oh, oh dang it yeah. So right now it's just our it's old just logo, old. <laughs> and out of date. Yeah, <laughs>
3: it's just our outdated logo. But I mean, honestly, when we were looking at what, one of the things that we began to do is say, and Brian pr- provided this really cool Christian symbols that have like kind of been our example. We all know the famous Jesus fish with the mm-hmm. ichthus, which yeah. is uh, an acronym for Jesus Christ God Son Savior. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you have a number of different symbols. IHS on something. Go go Google what yeah. IHS is. Mm-hmm. And, it's usually uh,
2: on the center of a cross. On the
3: center of a cross. Go back and see what that is. Those are those are powerful things. So, and there's a number of them. I really do. I I would encourage you to just Google. We don't have time to talk about them all, but just to Google um, uh, Christian symbols, yeah. ancient Christian symbols, and you'll see what they were trying to do. Is even find a way to identify. Like I'll leave a mark so that Drew would know mm-hmm. of, of of what I am. Sometimes secretively, and then sometimes not secretively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, there's some really really cool stuff, and we're just excited about even saying hey we we believe so much in these things, and not a lot is going to change and and truly something as simple and as small as our um uh as our logo mm-hmm. is going to be drawn back into um you know what we are we're not s's we're crosses Christians little
0: crosses little yeah. little cross people cross,
3: cross people little cross people yeah not but not cross upset cross transformed mm-hmm,
0: yeah there you go. <laughs> okay, okay. So, I just want to summarize um, before we before we close this thing out. That was close. So, the next time you're walking around Sunnybrook, or you're reading your your Bible, or you're in, engaging with another Christian, and you come across a symbol, I challenge you. Um, think that symbol all the way through, as far as you can go. Let it mm. let it go all the way through that. Mm. Um, I remember reading. What was it? What was I reading? How to think. I no, think. I was reading how to think. Um, and he says, just like go all the way down in the metaphor, right? And how powerful those those times can be when you start tracing down those symbols. I mean, that'll be a well of, of learning and of spiritual growth that'll be beneficial for you. So we're grateful for you. We are done with this podcast. We will do another one another time.
2: Bye. <laughs>